This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Mark chapter 6. We just talked about in the last podcast, Jesus feeding the 5,000, which was really the only the, the account that they gave were of the men. And so there was women and children there on that day as well. So the, the number of people was probably around ten to 12,000, maybe even more. And how Jesus fed this big old crowd with a kid's lunch, with two fish and five loaves of bread. But do you know how that really started? How this crowd gathered to, uh, for Jesus to be able to feed them? Jesus had sent his disciples out in pairs right into local villages to preach about the kingdom of God and, and, and to work miracles. And he, get, he gives them this authority uh, to, to touch people's lives and to make a difference in people's lives to, so they, they can drive out demons and they can work miracles to back up their message. And the message was, hey, the kingdom of God is here. And this is the proof that the kingdom of God is here. And so the disciples have been doing exactly what Jesus had told them to do. And they've been out there preaching the kingdom of God and they've been working these miracles. And now they have returned to Jesus and they're wanting to give him a report of what has taken place. And you can just imagine the excitement that they had as they told the stories of the people who accepted their message and and the miracles that they have worked and the demons that they have cast out and just the excitement to be able to do all these things because up until this point it's been Jesus, Jesus, Jesus but now Jesus has given them the authority to do so and and now they're doing it on their own and so they, they want to give a report to Jesus and they've gathered around Jesus and they begin to tell them of this tell Jesus of of what's been going on but what what they've been doing the news has spread people are hearing more and more about now not only Jesus is doing the miracles but these 12 men who are walking with Jesus now they're doing the miracles they're preaching the message and they are able to to work these miracles and and see it's been the message has been spread out to all these villages word is getting around and the, the more the people hear the message, the more the people are curious and they want to get to know Jesus more. They want to come see him for themselves. And so this crowd has learned where he's at. And now they, this crowd has gathered around Jesus and his disciples. And if you've ever had some exciting news to tell somebody and you're trying to tell them, but somebody comes along and interrupts what you're trying to say, it gets a little frustrating, don't it? Well, the disciples had something exciting to tell Jesus, and they're trying to tell their message. They're trying to tell him what God has done through them, but they keep getting interrupted by this crowd, and they're getting a little bit of, uh, of uh, they're being they're getting aggravated a little bit. Listen to Mark chapter six thirty and thirty one. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And then, because of so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So Mark points out here that a crowd has gathered around Jesus and his disciples, but this crowd, it just continues to grow. And as they're talking uh, to Jesus, the people from the crowd just keep interrupting because, hey, they want to see Jesus. They, they, they want to see this miracle worker, this one who teaches 
with authority. And so the disciples can't get out their excitement. They can't get out their stories that they want to tell Jesus. And so Jesus senses their frustration and he can tell that they're getting hungry, right? And when we get hungry, you know, we can get a little, we call it hangry, right? We get hungry, we get angry, and we need some food. We need to get alone and, and, and gather our thoughts and be able to have a conversation one with another while we eat over a meal, while we fellowship. And so Jesus senses this. And so he's going to tell the disciples, hey, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Let's go hang out together. And you can tell me your stories. And there's, there's just one problem with this. <laughs> and that's, that's the crowd that continues to gather around Jesus and his disciples. And here's how Mark says it in verses 32 through 34. It says, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So you, you see Jesus and you see his disciples. They're getting in this boat and they're rowing off into the distance, right? They're, they're going to be alone. The disciples are excited. They're, they're finally going to get to have some alone time with Jesus. And they're going to get to share their stories of what God has done through them, right? They're going to this solitary place. They're, they're going to eat with Jesus and hang out, right? And refuel. But here's the problem. Verse 33, many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So here's a picture of what happens here. Jesus and his disciples, they get in the boat to leave and they get away from, they want to get away from this crowd, but the crowd recognizes who they are. I mean, when you're Jesus and you're this miracle worker, you're one of a kind. So people know who you are, right? Your name and your fame has spread throughout the land. And so they recognize Jesus and they recognize his disciples. And somebody, some some person, watched this boat in the direction that it's traveling and they calculated if he's going in that direction, that means he's going to this place over here, this town, this village. And if, 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 if I can get there faster than he does, then I will be there when he arrives and I welcome him, right? And so as this person is traveling through these to the other side of the lake where they're at, He's going through the towns and the villages and telling the people, hey, Jesus is on his way to this certain place. And as he runs through the villages and tells people, the people who have heard about these miracles that have been taking place and this teacher, this great rabbi, they, they, just, they just start flocking to this place where they're waiting for Jesus and his disciples to arrive in this boat. And so now this ginormous crowd is sitting there on the shore just waiting and waiting. And then Jesus shows up. Now, can you imagine being one of the disciples? You're all excited because you're going to a solitary place. You're going to be alone with Jesus so you can tell them this exciting news that is just bubbling up inside of you of how God has used you. You've been preaching about the kingdom of God. You've been working miracles. You've been able to cast out demons. And you want to tell Jesus all about it. You're so excited. But there's an interruption and they're going to get sidetracked because this solitary place that they thought was they were going to, it's not solitary at all. This big old huge crowd has gathered and things don't go as planned. Now, when, when they get there to the shore, Mark says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He's moved with compassion. He could have easily have told these people, look, I'm here with my disciples. We're just trying to to get away from the crowd. Why don't y'all come back later? You know, I spent all the time that, uh, with each and every one of you later on. But, but for now, this is this is for me and my disciples. They've got some exciting news to tell me. They want to tell me about their journey. And I, I just need some rest and I want to hear their stories. 
But Jesus doesn't do that, does he? He sees the crowd, and Mark says he's moved with compassion. And, and he takes time, more time, for this crowd. Uh, the, the word compassion means sympathetic pity. Sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. The Greek word is splagshizomai, however you say that, splagshizomai. Uh, and it means to have the bowels yearn. In other words, you feel it in your gut. In other words, when Jesus saw this crowd, he felt it in his gut. He felt sorry for them. He had pity for them because he even says they are like a sheep without a shepherd. Now, let me ask you a question. When is the last time you saw somebody or heard somebody say that they have a certain need and you, you had pity for them that you felt it in your gut, that you, you just felt so sorry, so you hurt, you literally hurt for them inside your body because you want to help with their situation. And there's sometimes there's some things that we can't help with. There, there's, some, there's some needs that people have that we cannot help with, but many times there are needs that we can help with. And so a question I have for you and for myself is, when is the last time somebody had a need that actually made you or me hurt? And we did something about it. We were moved by compassion. Because far too often what happens is, uh, like we, I, I was in uh, the Bible study with the guys this morning. It's called Jesus Dudes. And we, we meet at a local coffee shop here in, in, in downtown Maryville and, uh, on Friday mornings at 7 a.m. If you'd like to show up, that'd be awesome. Uh, Jesus Dudes, just come, just, you can find us. Uh, but pastor was talking about this morning about how many times people say they'll pray for you and he says many times people say they're going to pray for you, you know that, that they're never going to pray for you they're going to go off and forget that you even said that you had a need or that you had asked them to pray for you and he said to pray for people right there on the spot um this it, compassion says i know you have a need and i'm going to do what i can to meet that need right now i'm not going to put you off i i'm i I see the need and I'm going to meet the need. And I think of the passage in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, where, where James says, you know, what good does it or what good is it, my brothers and sisters? So he's talking to Christians, right? He's talking to people who follow Jesus. And he says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? The answer is no. And he's going to explain that. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. So in other words, he's saying, suppose there is a brother or sister in Christ. They're following Jesus just like you are. And they have a need. They don't have any clothes. Or they need clothes. They need socks. They need you know clean underwear. They need whatever. They need their clothes washed. Or they need food. Everybody needs food to live on. And they're saying, James is saying, suppose you see a brother or sister in Christ that doesn't have clothes, that doesn't have food to get, to get through the day. If, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Why? Because there is no compassion. Compassion says, my brother or sister needs clothes today. I'm going to put clothes on their back. I'm going to put clothes on their body. I'm going to go buy them a new outfit. Compassion says, my brother or sister needs food. I'm going to 
take them to a restaurant and get them a nice hot meal. That's what compassion does. Compassion does not say, I see a brother or sister in need, I'll pray for you. Or like Pete said in Jesus dude this morning, I'll send them a, Jesus, a, 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 a praying emoji. No, you, you hear a need, you meet a need. You see a need, you meet a need. That's what compassion is all about. And you can finish reading that passage in James, but that's what, that's what James is talking about. He says, faith and actions are working together. And faith is made complete when you put those two together. It does not do any good to say you have faith and not back it up with actions because that's what Jesus did. He had faith and he put his faith to action. And that's what in verse 26, James says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith without deeds, faith without works is dead. Now, you can flip the, the coin over and, and ask this question. Can a person have too much compassion? Now, think about that for a second. Can we literally help everybody that has a need? It, it, it's very hard to do, isn't it? Because, you know, what will happen if we try to help every person that we see that has a need? We'll go broke. When I had my little Debbie ride in East Knoxville, there's a lot of homeless in that area because CARM is their Knoxville Area Rescue Ministries. And, and they, they have a lot of homeless that come from all over the United States to, to come through their program there. And what happens is these homeless people end up around that area in Knoxville. And uh, they're, they're all over the place. And, and you see these people... These homeless people, and if you have pity on them and you want to show compassion or you do have compassion for them and you want to help them, you can go broke because there's you're one person and you only have so much money and, and there's so many needs out there in the community of homeless people, drug addicts, uh, the, the poor neighborhoods. There, there's just so many needs that only one person can meet or do. I mean, you, you can literally spend all you have and and give all your efforts and still you know just, there's so many needs out there that we cannot meet alone that's why we need partnerships that's why we have uh uh community programs uh we we have churches uh who have uh budgeted money uh benevolent funds to to be able to help people in their community and that's great but can a person have too much compassion well, I, I would like to say no, but in, there's a reality check here. We cannot meet every person's need. We're, we're not Jesus. And I was thinking about this this morning because uh, I, I say all the time, be Jesus, be Jesus. But I was thinking about this morning in my quiet time with the Lord. I was thinking, I can't be Jesus. I'm not Jesus. Yes, Jesus lives inside of me, but the best I can do is be like Jesus. All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. We start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A Music 
www.thepurposeofgod.com. Go check that out. And so one of the things I'm going to start focusing on for myself, and I want to encourage others to do so, is not be Jesus, but be like Jesus. Which means if you want to be like Jesus, you've got to know what Jesus is like. And one, one, thing, one way that Jesus was like was that he was moved with compassion. And, and he did not send the crowds away. He never, he never shunned anybody. He always met people's needs right where they were at. Jesus said these people, this crowd, they, they, they have planned, they have went ahead of me, they have gathered together, and they have waited for me. And Mark says that he was moved with compassion, and he took time to meet their needs, even though he was going off to be with his disciples alone. But he had compassion on the people, and he met their needs. Now, verse 35 through 44, it says, By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Let me give you my translation of that. Jesus, we're here to get away from this crowd so we can take a break, rest a little bit, tell you our stories. We're hungry. Send these people home so that we can all eat and hang out with you and tell you our stories. Mark says in verse 37, Jesus answered, You give them something to eat, Jesus tells his disciples. And we know from John's gospel that Jesus is specifically talking to Philip because that's who John points out. And they said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, there's five loaves and there's two fish. You know, the little boy's lunch. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass and so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus gives thanks and he broke the loaves. And then he gave all to his disciples to distribute to the people. And he also divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. So that's the number of men, men only. So there's women and children here. There's probably ten to 12 to 15,000 people here. And so the math doesn't add up to the disciples. <laughs> you know, you got a, five, at least 5,000 people. Like I said, probably double that with the women and children, maybe more. And you got two fish and you got five loaves of bread. How are you going to feed this amount of people with this amount of bread and fish? It's There's no way, right? And <laughs> the disciples, it... it it doesn't matter what Jesus has done in the past. Jesus has healed people. He's cast out demons. He's raised a little girl from the dead. And the disciples, they, don't, they, they still don't get it. They've gone from village to village themselves, preaching the kingdom of God and healing people and casting out demons. And yet they still don't get it. They, 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 they don't. Maybe it's because they're hungry. Maybe it's because they're tired. They, they just want these people to go away. But... They, they don't understand still, after all that Jesus has done, who Jesus really is. That he is the, the Messiah, the miracle worker. That he is Jehovah Jireh. That he is the provider of their needs. Because um, not only did the people get enough food to fill their bellies, but the disciples got enough to fill their bellies and 12 
basketfuls of of leftovers that they could have later. So not only did God, not only did Jesus provide their immediate need, He was providing for their future need as well by giving giving them these baskets. Each disciple had their own basket full of fish and bread for later use, because when God provides, He satisfies and he not only provides what we need, but he provides more than what we need. He provides more than enough. And I think what Jesus is telling these 12 guys is this. Hey, guys, quit doubting me and get with the program. It's me. I am the Messiah. I am the one that you've been looking for. I am the miracle worker. I am the Savior. I, I, it, I am who I say I am. God has sent me. And I am doing the Father's will. Trust me. Put your faith in me. Walk with me. And quit doubting. And Jesus says the same thing to us today. He says the same thing to us today. You can't see me, but trust me. Put your faith in me. And I will see you through to the very end. And what I like about this is Jesus is not finished with them yet. <laughs> he, 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 just, he just fed this big, large crowd with two fish and five loaves of bread, and it blows the disciples' minds. But they're going to get in the boat, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna start rowing because Jesus tells them to do so. We'll see this in, in verses 45 through 56. And Jesus is going to go off alone to pray. And it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into a boat, and going ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. And after leaving, which means he spent more time with the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. And later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. And he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. This wind, it's a, it's a, it's a hard, hard wind. And, 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 and it's making it very difficult to get to the other side of the lake. And, and these are experienced Fishermen. They've been commercial fishermen their whole life. They're used to being on the water and navigating a boat and winds like this. But this was a very, very strong wind. And they've been rowing for hours. They're tired. And, and Jesus sees the struggle, right? He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Let me make this point right quick. Jesus knew that they were struggling. He knew that wind was going to come before he ever sent him out on that boat because he's God. And Jesus saw the struggle, but you know what Jesus did? He let them struggle. He let them struggle for a little while. He didn't just immediately come to their rescue. And, 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 and the disciples, uh, they didn't give up on Jesus. They stayed with Jesus. And, and, and think about this. Storms come in, in, in life. Storms come and go. Life challenges, they're they, they going to come. Just because we follow Jesus, it does not mean that nothing bad is ever going to happen to us. Matter of fact, when we follow Jesus, it's going to get harder because Jesus says the world's going to hate you. People are going to hate you. Satan's going to come against you. The enemy is going to do everything he can to wreak havoc in your lives to discourage you, to keep you from following Jesus. It gets harder. I hate to tell you that. The storms come. The winds are going to be beating up against you and causing these winds, to, the, these waves to, to throw your boat all around. And you're going to get tired. But don't give up. Don't stop. Because Jesus, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're going through. He knew. He, he watched the disciples from the shore striving to, to, 
get that boat to where they wanted to go, and they couldn't do it because of the wind. And he knew that they were they were growing tired and they're growing weary, but he allowed them to struggle. God's going to allow you to struggle. It's okay. It doesn't mean that he's given up on you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't know what you're going through. God loves you, and he is there for you, and he is the provider. He provides more than enough. That's why he had just shown his disciples. So keep rowing that boat. Keep rowing that boat, and don't give up, and keep your faith in Jesus. Keep your faith in God, because he will show up right on time. And that's exactly what happens. Shortly before dawn, Jesus goes out to them walking on the lake. And he was about to pass them by. But when, he saw, when they saw him walking on the, the lake, they thought it was a ghost. And they cried out because they all saw him and they were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage. It's me. It's I. Don't be afraid. And then he climbed in the boat with them. And watch this. And the wind died down. Jesus showed up. He knew they were struggling, but he didn't immediately go out to rescue them. He let them struggle throughout the night, and then he comes walking on the water. And then he he was going to go past them. He was going to just keep walking. But they were screaming, and they were terrified, and they thought they'd seen a ghost. And, And so Jesus goes to calm them down. He says, don't be afraid. It's me. I'm I'm here. And as soon as he stepped on the boat, the wind quit. It ceased. And when the wind ceased, the waves became calm immediately. All because Jesus has showed up. And he tells them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And it says that they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. They didn't understand that God is going to provide. He's going to take something from nothing and meet the needs of the people, of you and me. He hears our prayers. He hears our cries. He sees the tears, and he can meet that need by speaking a word, by breaking a fish, by breaking a loaf and passing it out. Don't let the winds and the waves wear you down to the point that you you give up on Jesus. Don't give up on Jesus. He's going to show up. And don't be frustrated. They, they were scared to death. They were amazed. And they had not understood about the love. Listen to what Mark says. Their hearts were hardened. They were upset. They got upset with Jesus. They didn't understand. And when they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. And they ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. So wherever Jesus went, here come the people with their needs, right? Just like always. And wherever he went into the village, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces, and they begged Jesus to let them touch just the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. All who touched it were healed. These guys, like I said, they've been commercial fishermen their whole life. They're used to being out on this lake. Probably the Sea of Galilee. They they fish these waters. They, they know these storms. They know what it's like. But this was an extra strong wind. And they had been rowing and rowing. And they felt like, Jesus, where is this guy? Where is this miracle? Where He has left us out here all alone. We can't handle this situation. We're going to die out here. What is going on? Where is he at? I thought he cared. He does care. And he's going to show them he cares by by. Working even more miracles because 
these disciples know you have to be on this boat to live, to survive. Because if you're out on the water and you're not in a boat, you're going to sink. I mean, think about it. If, if you, I remember when I was a kid in the pool, we used to do what we call the dead man float, where you know you just float. You're floating. The I guess the lungs and the air in your lungs keep you afloat. But even then, your body parts are sinking. You float a little bit, but your body goes under the water. Or you can float on your back and do the backstroke, but even then, your body parts, they go underwater. Jesus comes to them walking on top of the water. They've never seen anything like this before in their life. I haven't. I'm sure you haven't either. And, and, and Jesus is showing them, look, I'm, I'm in control of nature. I'm in control of everything. I made this stuff. I'm God in the flesh. I am in control. It may not look like it, and I'm here for you guys. I knew y'all were suffering. And he probably told them that once he got in the boat and everything got calmed down. He said, look, guys, I saw y'all from the shore. I knew you were struggling. But you you got to learn to trust me. you got to learn to have faith in me. you got to learn that I got your back. Jesus has your back. No matter what you're going through, don't give up on Jesus. Yeah, you may sink a little bit. You may get wet from from the, 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 the waters coming into the boat. Your boat is going to get tossed to and fro. You're going to get rocked in life. It's just that's the way life is because of the fall of man, because of sin. But just know that Jesus has your back. And he will show up. Don't give up on Jesus. And Jesus showed up and as soon as he got into the boat. Instantly, the winds ceased and the waters calmed. Look, Jesus is going to show up. He's going to provide. If he can take two fish and five loaves of bread and feed over 5,000 people and give them a belly full and then give the, the, the disciples 12 basketfuls of, of, of leftovers, he can meet any need that we have. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Stay faithful. And that, that's my word for you today. Don't don't be keep your eyes on Hebrew. This the the base for this podcast is Hebrews twelve one through three. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't get sidetracked. Yes, hard times are going to come. Yes, the winds and the waves are going to beat against your boat. Yes, that boat's going to rock. Yes, you may get wet from the waves that's coming over the edge, but don't lose hope. Don't lose faith, and keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.